0: We're going to go to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis 1. You're tired? We don't have to turn very far? Genesis 1. I'm trying to be thoughtful here. Genesis chapter 1. Well, I love the music around here. Just love the music around here. Very thankful for it. Genesis chapter 1. And we'll begin our reading in verse number 1. Genesis 1, verse 1. If you'll follow along, I'll read. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness, I can only say it so many times, okay? Give me a break There, He called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together under one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass. The Herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was was in itself after his kind, and God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the third day. We're going to stop our reading there and uh, I want to try to preach a message tonight about God's fingerprint. God did create the heaven and the earth. And we can see it abundantly. We can see it. But I'm telling you, if we can get to the place where we believe the very first words of the Bible, in the beginning God created the heaven and earth, we're going to have a lot better time with the rest of the Bible, for sure, and so we're going to try to we're going to try to expound on that a bit. Let's pray and we'll get started. <clears throat> Father, once again, we just bow before you and ask for help, help in what you can give us in delivering this message and the way that you'd have it done, and certainly opening the hearts of the hearers and we're thankful, Lord, for already for what's already been experienced tonight. The singing, the congregational singing, uh, the special song we just heard, the choir specials. It's just been a great blessing. We're thankful for that. But now as we get into your word, we pray that your Holy Spirit would move and Lord impress upon us um, the real ability that we have to put our faith in you and everything that you do, that we can trust you with that. Father, just use the message tonight to convince us of some things. We pray and thank you for your goodness in Jesus' name, Amen and Amen. Thank you so much for standing for the reading of the Word of God. And <clears throat> do be seated. Don't have to do a lot of explaining about a fingerprint. A fingerprint's an impression of the skin pattern on the inner surface, inner surface of the tip of your finger. And a person's fingerprints can be used to identify them because no two fingers have identical markings. But you think about the word fingerprint and it can be used figuratively when some style or impression or something is identifiable um, as associated with a person, place, or possession. When we think about God's fingerprints, we think about everything he created, what we see around us. There are several types of fingerprints, the whorl and the spiral, as I could see, is the most common. But again, tonight what we want to look at is God's fingerprint in creation. On December 24, 1968, while in lunar orbit, the Apollo 8 astronauts read a portion of our text. They read, actually read verses 1 through 11. Um, God is our creator. Uh, He left his unique fingerprint on everything we know, everything we see, everything we touch. Jehovah God is our maker. He's our maker. On July the 20th, 1969, astronauts from the Apollo 11 mission landed on the moon, and man left his fingerprints, actually footprints, on the moon, so to speak. But that must never overshadow the creator's fingerprint, his signature in creation. So I want to look at three things tonight to remind us uh, how great our Creator truly, truly is. It's good for us to be uh, encouraged and reminded every once in a while that uh, God is all-powerful Amen. and that He is alive and well and on His throne and He can do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think. So three things tonight. Number one, the reality of creation is denied by the foolish turn to romans chapter one you got your bible there turn, turn to romans chapter one i usually don't do a lot of turning we're going to turn a couple times tonight if you will romans chapter one <clears throat> the reality of creation is denied by the foolish romans chapter one look down if you will to verse number 18 romans 1 18 Um, there's a responsibility of men given to us by God. Because he says here that we are without excuse. We're without excuse. When we look at creation, we're without excuse in believing that there is a God who, who created all of this. And God's wrath, from what we read here, is against ungodliness and unrighteousness. You know, the gospel of Jesus Christ would be nothing if men were not guilty and in need of being rescued from the wrath of God. I mean, and that's only, the, only that, that's, 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 mm, come on brain, that's which only the gospel can do. Only the gospel can rescue men from the wrath of God. So God's witness is unmistakable. Uh, the Apostle Paul wrote, that which may be known of God is manifest. Someone has said, Quote, man long ago stumbled across what we now call the Grand Canyon. He looked left and right. He looked down as far as he could. And then looking up, he said, something great must have happened here. But someone great made it happen. It's God's signature. It's his unmistakable fingerprint. I mean, we have a teacher who cannot fail in his work. And men's willful opposition to the revealed truth about God from God, get this, men, uh, men's willful opposition to the revealed truth about God from God is nothing but sin. Amen. No, no, when, when folks say, well, there's not, there can't be a God, there's no God. No, 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 it's nothing. It's nothing. As we look at creation around us and everything that God has done for us, they're, they're willful opposition to that revealed truth it's nothing but sin but we know this god's witness is universal over in acts chapter 17 verses 28 and 29 um, the, the bible uh, uh uh the apostle paul while preaching in the, at the uh, mars hill on mars hill said this for in him we live and move and have our being as certain also of our own poets have said for we are also his offspring for as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not think that the Godhead is like gold or silver or stone or graven art, uh, graven by art and man's device. And so in both those verses, here in Romans chapter 1 where we just read, uh, um, uh, uh, in, in Acts that I just read, the Apostle Paul says that there were evidences of and for God before men's eyes from the very beginning. That there are evidences of God men are endowed by the creator with reasoning faculties and men are without excuse. It's what God says. Men are without excuse. But there's also the refusal of men. But because they're in Romans where we are, verse 21 goes on and says this, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. It says their foolish heart Was darkened because they would not believe in God. Their foolish heart was darkened. So the Apostle Paul says men knew God, but they chose not to acknowledge God. And these folks are still with us today. No, they're still around us today. Uh, uh, They do not acknowledge God's benefits, they do not give Him honor and respect. Uh, Their sin is not of ignorance no 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 not from what God says but their whole way of thinking is vain it's just empty and we need to see that the refusal to accept the truth listen to this the refusal to accept the truth destroys the power to distinguish between truth and error if we will not accept the truth then we cannot, we don't, no, no, we can't rightfully distinguish between truth and error. Okay, in other words, if we refuse to believe the truth, we will begin to accept anything that sounds good to us. And you that are saved in here, come on, I, you know, both you and I know, that if anyone refuses a truth, refuses a truth, sooner or later they will answer to God, whether they believe the truth or, or not. And the truth stands on its own, we know that. And if it's watered down, it's no longer truth. It's no longer truth. And the word of God is truth. So what we are to do is take it as it is and leave it like we found it. Amen. We don't mess with it at all. So, because men got to this place, there was a, a, I have to believe, a reluctant release of God. In verse number 24 there in Romans 1, it says in the first part of the verse, it says, Wherefore God also gave them up. They gave up on God. And so it says, wherefore God also gave them up. In verse number 26, the first part of the verse says, for this cause God gave them up. And in verse number 28, the last part of the verse says, God gave them over to reprobate mind. It's always man. It's always man that pushes the envelope, not God. No one should ever want to see how far they can go with God when it comes to sinning. It's not a good thing to do. No, no, no. It's not a good thing to do. Not, Not at all. God wants to help us. God wants to help us, but we cannot play games with God. God has given us a Savior, hallelujah, so you and I must provide Him with a sinner. I' almost say it again. God gave us a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's up to you and I to provide Him with a sinner. What were you saying, preacher? Look, that's what I did back in April 1984. I provided him with a sinner. Uh, okay Uh, lord i'm a sinner i need a savior come on that's what i did april beside my coffee table basically i don't know what words i said for sure but that's what i did lord i'm a sinner and i need a savior and when i did that god saved my soul when i know when i put my faith and trust in him he saved me because i recognized myself a sinner in need of a savior and that's it denying the creator is a very serious mistake that leads one to forget uh, to forego his offer of salvation for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life for whosoever shall call upon the name of the lord shall be saved and i'm telling you that at the age of 27 just a hopeless drug addict I didn't think there was any hope until I met Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, and he is the hope of the world. He's still the hope of the world. Absolutely. 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 So point number one was this. The reality of creation is denied by the foolish. Point number two. Just have three points. Y'all are excited, aren't you? I can tell. Point number two is this. The reality of creation is declared by the facts. It's declared by the facts. Okay, fact number one, it's declared by the Scripture. Turn over to Psalm 8. We're turning tonight, might as well Just turn over to Psalm chapter 8. Psalm chapter 8. We read the testimony of David here. It's the Psalm of David. Psalm chapter 8, verse 1. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Who has set thy glory above the heavens out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies that thou mightest still the that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger when i consider thy heavens the work of thy fingers the moon the stars which thou hast ordained what is man that thou art mindful of him the son of man that thou visitest that thou visitest him For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, and the beast of the field, the fowl of the air, and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passes through the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. In here, right here, we see the fingerprint of God again. We may not understand, we may not understand the language of babies, but Jehovah God does no 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 it says right there out of the mouth of babes and suckling hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies and we might understand that but god does hundreds of years later hundreds of years later we see the fulfillment of this psalm on what we know as as a poem sunday if you will over in matthew 21 verse 15 when it says this and when the chief priest and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did talking of jesus and the children crying in the temple and saying hosanna to the son of david they were sore displeased and said unto him, hearest thou what these say, and Jesus saith unto them, "Yea, have you never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise? <clears throat> Our God knew what was going to happen when David pinned down this psalm, he knew exactly what was going to go on, but but however, he did not mean little children only he meant, all, uh, he meant those of all ages who, having For the first time put their trust in Jehovah have become by faith the children of God. In fact, in the New Testament, we're called babes in Christ. Babes in Christ. In Psalm 19 verse 1, it says this, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork. Day unto day uttereth, uh, uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. So the evidence of our creator is all around us. It's all around us. C.S. Lewis said this, We may ignore, but we cannot evade the reality of God from creation. Not going to happen. But it's not only declared by the word of God, it's declared by science. Science. Um, The earth is 93 million miles from the sun. That's just the right distance. And as far as we know, the Earth is the only planet in our solar system that has life. They're trying real hard to find life on other planets. But as far as we know, the Earth is the only planet that has life. When the uh, crew members of Skylab 2 were out in space, they photographed an an, an eruption from the sun. And they say there was enough energy produced in that one eruption by the sun to supply the electrical needs of everyone on the Earth for Five million years, five million years, I'd say that God's pretty powerful in His creation. On a clear night, if you will go out and hold a dime at arm's length up at the sky, uh, that coin, that one little coin, blocks out 15 million stars from your view if you could see that far. 15 million stars. The earth tilts on its axis at 23 degrees. If it were straight up and down, they say that the sun would boil the oceans. While tilted at 23 degrees and spinning at 1,000 miles per hour, if the earth turned at one-tenth of that speed, then there would be 10 day long days. A day would last 10 days long. And the world would boil then there would be 10 day long nights and the world would get very cold you say well how cold would it get they say minus 240 degrees fahrenheit but while the world is tilted 23 degrees and spinning at 1000 miles per hour scientists say that it's also um, wobbling three degrees off center one way or the other And they say if it world wobbled up a little more, the sun itself would cause the oceans to evaporate. And if the opposite would happen and it wobbled down, the sun would melt the polar ice caps and sea levels would rise over 200 feet, causing the world to flood. If you were to say that this is coincidental, well, that's just a coincidence. Uh, It just happened. Then uh, you would be the kind of person who also believes that If a printing press exploded, that unabridged dictionaries would fall out of the sky. (laughs) Scientists say that if the oceans were slightly deeper, they would pull out the atmosphere, pull out of the atmosphere the carbon dioxide and oxygen. They also say if the crust of the earth were just 10 feet deeper, that it would oxidize the oxygen out of the atmosphere. Our galaxy contains 100 billion planets. 100 billion planets. That's mind-boggling. If if somebody could travel at the speed of light in one year's time a distance of 6 trillion miles could be traveled. The size of an average galaxy is 100,000 light years. So that's 1 million times 6 trillion miles. My brain has a hard time with those numbers. One astronomer says that the mass and size of our planet is just the right size. They say if the earth was 10% smaller or 10% larger, that life on this planet would not be possible whatsoever, just 10%. Okay, then let's think about something closer to us think about trees trees yeah trees go to an elm tree and look at the branch every leaf is one half around that branch from the leaf before it one half well what's the big deal about that well on a birch tree every leaf is one third of the way around that branch from the leaf before it every leaf every one the oak, the apple, the cypress tree, every leaf is two-fifths of the way around the branch from the leaf before. And then if you look at the holly, every branch is three-eighths of the way around the branch from the leaf before it. All a coincidence? Oh, I think not. We have a perfect designer. Amen. We have a perfect creator. Yes. And he knows exactly what he did, why he did it that way. Yeah, absolutely so. Job 12, Job chapter 12 and verse 7 says this, But ask now the beast, and they shall teach thee, and the fowls of the air, and they shall tell thee. Or speak to the earth, and it shall teach thee, and the fishes of the sea shall declare unto thee, Who knoweth not in all these that the hand of the Lord hath wrought this? In whose hand is the soul of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. You know, it's really amazing to read the book of Job and see how scientifically correct it is. I mean, over and again. Uh, the, the sciences of, 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 of cosmology and geology and mineralogy and meteorology and astronomy and zoology and etymology and terminology and ethnology and ethnology and anthropology and ethnology. Uh, ethology, and sociology, and psychology, and criminology, and pathology are all dealt with in the book of Job. They say it's the oldest book in the Bible. One specific aspect I call your attention to is a question raised in Job chapter 37 and verse 16, where it says, dost thou know the balancing of the clouds, the balancing of the clouds, the wondrous works of him which is perfect in knowledge so we see the writer of job this is amazing we see the writer of job makes known the atmospheric laws bearing upon the adjustment of vapors and gases with remarkable accuracy i mean he seems to know the the laws that form the foundation of all the scientific knowledge built upon research the question would be the question would be how did the writer come to all this knowledge of the composition and workings of the universe and, and the only answer is that the Creator revealed all these secrets to the writer of the book concerning the, word, the world that He brought into existence. Yeah. Absolutely so. By His Word spoke the world into place. And again in Job chapter 12 and verse 10, the Bible says, In God's hand is the soul of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. So we, me and you, we are God's unmistakable fingerprint. So point number one, the reality of creation is denied by the foolish. Uh, point number two, the reality of creation is declared by the facts. And point number three, I set up three points. I didn't tell you how many subpoints I have. <laughs> number three, the reality of creation is discerned by people of faith. People of faith. The book of Hebrews chapter, uh, chapter 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. <clears throat> uh, preacher? Uh, yeah. Uh, what did God make the world out of? Um, nothing. Oh, no, he made it out of nothing. As far as I know, he's the only one that can do that. Just make something out of nothing. Things that are not seen. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. How much do you strain to believe the words, these words? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. that's an honest question something that should be thought about how much effort how much effort should be required to believe that well I think just about the same effort that a baby uses to inhale to live Uh, come on the, the breath is inborn and really that's what's needed to trust in God's provision just faith That God is. We must rest upon His promises in the Word of God. That means that we simply start trusting Him with every aspect of our lives. If He created everything around us, and He did, and if He created us, and He did, Why do we find it so hard to believe that he's in control? And why do we find it so hard that he will bless us abundantly if we simply abide in him? If we trust his word? That's all he wants. As we look around. In this world we see things and we must know that they did not create themselves. As, as, as many of the astronauts that have gone up, they have looked down on this earth and, and, and their perspectives and their lives were changed by the fingerprint of God who hung the worlds on nothing in perfect order. They're just there. No, no, no. If God created everything around us and sustains it, why wouldn't we want to believe that He can take care of us as we just yield ourselves to Him? Look in your heart and see the grace of God. And and look in your hands and see the goodness of God and all that He gives us. And look in the heavens and see the greatness of God. The greatness of God. Amazing. He hung all those stars in place. Not only hung them in place, Brother Mike, but he knows the name of every one of them. Let me finish with this. Many, many years ago, Sir Isaac Newton had an exact replica of our solar system made in miniature in the center of it was a very large golden ball representing the sun and revolving around it were the small spheres that were attached at the ends of rods at varying lengths and they represented mercury and venus and earth and mars and the other planets and these were geared together by cogs and belts to make them move around the, the sun in perfect harmony and one day Mr. Newton was studying the model and a friend who did not believe in the biblical account of creation stopped by for a visit. And as uh, as Mr. Newton uh, uh, tinkered with this model and, and uh, uh, worked on it, um, this man marveled at the device. And he watched as the scientists made these heavenly bodies if you will move on their orbits by turning a crank and the man exclaimed this my newton what an exquisite thing Uh, who, who was it that made this for you and without looking up sir isaac newton said this nobody the guy said nobody and mr newton said that's right i said nobody all these balls and cogs and belts and gears just happened to come together and wonder of wonders, by chance, they began revolving in their set orbits and with perfect timing. And the unbeliever got the message. It was really foolish to suppose that the model merely happened. But it's even more foolish to accept the theory that the earth and this vast universe that, that it's in came into being by chance. How much more sensible to believe what the Bible says. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth and set it in place. So what about it? Psalm 14.1 says, The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Is that what you believe? I'm here to tell you tonight that how we live our lives is a testimony that we either believe or we do not believe God's fingerprint. Look at the trees, I see God's creation. Look at the sky, I see God's creation. Look at the stars, moon, sun, I see God's creation. Look at the animals, God's creation. Everything around us. Unmistakable. And here's the, here's the part that's so very important about that. We must begin with God or there's no beginning to the new life in Christ. No, no, no. Come on. If we don't believe in God the Father... We will never believe in God the Son. It's not going to happen. And if God created the heaven and the earth and He did, then we need, to have, uh, we need not have a problem believing that God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I'm very thankful for God's creation. I'm glad I get to enjoy it. But much more thankful for God's salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who saved my soul. I just want to encourage you, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, never doubt it. God is alive and well. Everything we see is here because of him. It's here because of him. Would you bow your heads with me for just a moment? Let's let's bow our heads. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us undeniable proofs of your creation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for sending your only begotten Son that we might know you in a free pardon of sin. But Lord, those types of things should make us just that much more dependent upon you. If you created the sun, you could do wonders in our lives. If you sustain everything for all these years, have, then it shouldn't be a problem for us to depend upon you to keep us going to be what you'd have us to be. And Lord, I pray, if there's someone here tonight that does not know Christ as their Savior, I pray, dear God, that you would... Uh, impress this truth upon them that there is a god in heaven that he does have a son whose name is Jesus Christ who died for the sin of mankind and that if they would put their faith and trust in him that you would save their soul lord for eternity thank you lord that we can depend upon you not only to keep the world spinning the way that it's the way that you started it from the beginning but also that You can keep us going as we trust Your Word and put faith in You. Lord, bless this time of invitation. Folks may just need to come and thank You for what You're doing. Folks may need to come and ask You to, to, to increase their faith. Whatever the need is tonight, Lord, I pray that Your will would be done. Um, and thank You for Your goodness. We ask all of these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. <clears throat> we'll not take long. The altar's open. you need to come, maybe just thank God, for His creation around you, giving us proofs that we can trust him no matter what, that he's always going to be there for us, always has been, always will be. just need to ask him to help you trust His word more.